Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And as a society, we are all taught to fear death. We experience it as the ultimate separation. Yet many have touched death and returned to tell the tale. They have brought back a story of unconditional love, divine understanding, and how a true universal connection awaits us on the other side. Can we benefit from these experiences? Our guests today believe that we can. The near-death experience inspires people of all cultures and faiths to see how the love experienced during the near-death experience has the capacity to heal minds, heal bodies, and souls. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guests. Dr. Penny Satori is an expert in near-death experiences, having been an intensive care nurse for 17 years and undertaken the UK's first long-term prospective study on them. She's the author of the bestseller, The Wisdom of Near-Death Experiences, as well as What is a Near-Death Experience? Kelly Walsh is the founder of Positivity Power Movement and Love Care Share Charitable Foundation. Her life's work has been inspired by a near-death experience in 2009. Both have teamed up to author this new book I have in my hands. I'm excited to share with all of you the transformative power of near-death experiences. Welcome, Penny and Kelly. Hi, Julie. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, thank oh. you, Julie. A lovely introduction. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to this conversation for so many reasons and so many levels. And there's so much to cover here. And it's really an honor to just be here in the presence of you guys sharing this message with the world. So I just want to thank you for that. But before we dig into this book and really the transformative power of the book, I have a traditional first question here on the show, and I want to make sure that I that I get to ask both of you individually because I know you're going to love it, and I know you're going to have new wisdom to share with our listeners. So let's start with you, Kelly, yeah. and I'm going to ask if you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? What does all things connected mean to me? I'm... That, in its simplest form, I think in, in many ways, um, humanity um, separates itself through um, labels that we give ourselves. So whether that be our religion, our creed, our culture, our sexuality, or any other differences. And to me, um, our oneness is connected, is transcending all of that, that at, a hum- that at a soul level, we're all the same. And to me, at a soul level, we're all love. And uh, that's what oneness means to me. Thank you. And Penny, how about you? What does all things connected mean to you? 
It's the underlying thing that connects us all. And very similar to what Kelly said, I believe that we are all interconnected and it the belief that we are not connected and that we're separate that is just an illusion and when people do have these very deep altered states of consciousness and especially during the near-death experience this is one of the the main things that people sense they feel it they they feel that interconnectivity of all of us and it's almost as if that interconnecting thing that connects us all is love it's as if love is the basis of the universe Mm. thank you i i really wanted to get both of you separately because you both represent um what's an important aspect of this conversation from the scientific basis of the researcher and the nurse and the, the medical professional and then Kelly having the experience firsthand and so that spirituality that awakening that comes only through that experience so it's really interesting um, to have you teaming up to write this book and to share your stories and and do all this so so beautiful thank you let's talk about what brought you two together how talk about your story a little bit and a little bit of your history of what brings you to this moment and sharing these stories in this book Kelly, do you want to go first? Well, I can do, yeah. So in 2009, Julie, um, I was at rock bottom in my life um, and I tried to end my physical life. I took a huge overdose. I shouldn't be here, um, but divinity had other plans. Um, Then obviously I had my my, my near-death experience or my spiritual transformative experience, which we can talk about in more detail, I guess, later in the show. But um, when I came out of hospital, um, following my experience, I shouted out that like-minded souls would collaborate to change the world. And when I left hospital, um, those words had never left me. And although I tried to suppress the experience about three years in total, um, I couldn't get away from those words. And in 2014, um, I felt very strongly I needed to speak to someone about what had happened to me. And I just looked on the internet and stumbled across Penny um, and was really pleased to discover she lived in Wales. Um, And I literally sent her a two-line email, um, very short and sweet. And and Penny will go on to tell you at the time she was heavily pregnant with with baby Sol. And she had, was it 14,300 emails in her inbox? Yeah, so she wasn't. She wasn't responding. To, <laughs> she wasn't responding to emails. She didn't made the decision. She was taking time out um, to spend uh, to, with a pregnancy. Um, but for I'll, I'll let her lead on to this. But something inside of her said, "I need to connect with this lady," and, and here we are. So go on, Pen. You yes, collaborate. That, that was shortly after my book, "The Wisdom of Near Death Experiences," had come out, and it had been serialised in a national newspaper, and it had gone viral. And so that I was getting a lot of um, attention and a lot of emails as well. And and it was a full time job responding to the emails, and I really wanted to get through as many of them as I can could because you know I know it's important. People are sharing with me very intimate parts of their life. And so I wanted to acknowledge the receipt of the emails, but I was getting so many that I just couldn't do it. And I had to make that decision because it was about a week or two before my son was born that I I just couldn't respond to the emails. And as soon as I made that conscious decision, there was a a ring on my phone and I checked it and it was an email and it was from Kelly and it was so short and I read 
it and intuitively I just felt that I really should connect with Kelly as soon as I could and so I did I just responded immediately and we had a Skype chat the following day and uh, what Kelly had to say really just blew me away and um, and then she she suggested a little bit further down the line that we write a book together and I thought it was a great idea and that's how it's happened really yeah and 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 yeah, it did. And for me, it was for Julie, it was so cathartic to speak to Penny because it was the first time I'd fully verbalised what had happened. And she helped me to make sense of a lot of the things. I remember saying to her, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I was told I had a mission I had work to carry out. And she was like, no, 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 it's quite common. But obviously at that stage, I didn't I didn't know that. And um, but even in terms of writing the book, because of what I'd shouted out, I always knew that my story in isolation, so what? I think the real power or the real transformative power in these experiences, whether it's a near-death, spiritual transformative or any experience that opens your hearts, minds and souls to, to what we've experienced, I, I think are powerful when they come together as a collective. And um, I think that was what was always a, inside of me. I just felt it was one aspect of what, what I'd shouted out. I, I would love to hear more about how you see that, Kelly and Penny, as far as coming together creates so much more transformation. And I understand what you're saying with that. But Kelly, this was an important part of your words. Can you say that again for our listeners of what you heard coming out of your near-death experience and how you've really implemented it in life now? Yeah, so following my experience, um, so my experience started on the 8th of October and finished on the 9th of October. Um, and when I came round from my experience, my arms were across my chest and I um, opened them like they were sort of across my chest and I opened them in slow motion. At the time, um, I shouted out that I'd, I'd met God and I'd met angels. Um, I don't think I was taken too seriously at the time. Um, but the following evening, I got this strong sense of the world changing um, and just shouted out that like-minded souls would collaborate to change the world. And on reflection, what do I feel I meant by that? I, I think there's many of us, um, obviously you, Julie, being one of them, there's people around the planet um, of different, you know, different backgrounds, different creeds, different cultures, waking up to this realization that we are all one, we're all connected. And I think, you know, I feel strong that, you know, I still have my earthly, my earthly problems and my earthly, what I call my human moments. Um, but what I do know um, is I do believe the day we see each other at a soul level which is a reflection of the divine, I truly believe is that that's the day we will release our man-made fear and we'll rejoice in the reality that heaven is actually already here. And that's when I believe we'll create peace on earth. Mm, beautiful. And so when did you feel the impulse to start bringing together like-minded souls? What does that mean to you now in your vocation? Oh. And you've created this beautiful path ahead of you. Um, do you know what? Sometimes you that question, what did it all mean? Um, it's more of a, um, it was, the words were so powerful and never left me. Um, and after I'd spoken to Dr. Penny, um, I then, as I said, these words were there and I said to her about writing the book, but I believe it goes, it goes much further than that. And I guess, you know, 
in my human experience, I sometimes think, what what was it all about? But I think things like this, it's just to me, as many of us uniting, um, in, 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 and I dare say, in global friendship, um, to just come together. And, and I have a simple saying of, of loving, caring and sharing. And to me, that, that can transcend all creeds, cultures, faiths and none. And we, and we can come together to me through that simple, um, I guess, ideology at some level. And that's what I feel really strongly about. I'm, you know, it's like creating to some degree, creating um, a, a spiritual movement to some degree. Um, that's what I feel in my heart and soul. Yeah. Well, Penny, I'm going to ask you to expand on this one because I think it's important when we begin to look at the near-death experience. Um, from my perspective, what I'm aware of is this expanded state of consciousness. And, you know, there's there's so much that's been written about stages of consciousness, states of consciousness. And, and Kelly had mentioned the, a spiritual transformative experience versus the near-death or with the near-death. So, we're looking at people waking up and in my opinion that crosses all creeds and boundaries and beliefs when we understand the oneness from that perspective can you expand on that a little bit yeah now during the the near-death experience you know contrary what to what people think um people actually do experience a heightened state of reality so you know i've nursed thousands of patients who've been unconscious and when they recover from that unconsciousness they're very confused disorientated and very vague now that was a big contrast to patients who I looked after who had the near-death experience because the people who'd had the near-death experience were very precise about what they'd experienced. They described it with great lucidity and great clarity of thought. And what they were describing was an expanded state of consciousness, which is far superior to our normal waking consciousness. And so Some patients were reporting things during the time when they were deeply unconscious. They were reporting watching them from an out-of-body perspective. And one man in particular, you know, he correctly identified everything that I was doing, everything that the other medical staff was, was doing. And I know that what he reported was accurate because I was actually there at the time it happened. So, you know... That was one thing for me, you know, it's one thing to read about near-death experiences, but to re- to actually be there while a patient is experiencing it, such an experience, that for me is what really made me sit up and think, yes, there is so much that we don't understand about these states. And I think it just, and it goes beyond that because they can see that they're, they're not separate, that they're a part of this inter- great interconnected whole and how our actions can actually impact on other people who we interact with as well. So, for example, during the life review, people might experience the life review from a third person perspective. So the perspective of someone they've interacted with. So if they've been unkind or unpleasant or even violent towards someone, they can know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. And it's not nice when they receive it. And when they return to life, they come back with a completely different moral perspective as well. But conversely as well, they can often see the 
impact of their kind actions as well and like the ripple effects further down the line and sometimes they're things that they never ever knew about and would have thought about but that's what they experienced during their near-death experience and it's all about really getting on with other people tolerating being loving and compassionate towards others as well because ultimately the ultimate message of the near-death experience is to treat others as you would wish to be treated yourself which is the golden rule which is the at the heart of all of the great wisdom traditions mm. yes and you, you talk a lot about this unconditional love and and throughout the book the the book is written beautifully with many stories of different individuals who have had near-death experience so it's a collective it's like you know right now we we love to read these stories and so even alexander and and um moriani and all these stories that are coming out we can't get enough of and here you pack so many beautiful individual stories in this book and and all of them are so different and yet there's these universal themes that weave throughout them what have you learned from the near-death experience that is the universal part besides treat others like you would want to be treated um, there's a lot of, of conversation about unconditional love mm-hmm. and this this expanded awareness and I, I do want to just before I let you answer that question, I love that you said a heightened state of reality because many of your stories talk about that this reality isn't the real reality. It's a heightened state of a true reality. So um, if you can remember my question and that, I'll let you respond. Uh, yeah, so with the what I've learned especially is, um, although I've never had a near-death experience myself, I think the fact that I've been able to engage with them at such a deep level has also instigated a lot of changes in myself. And I've been really able to take on the messages of the near-death experience. So, for example, with love, it's been such a gift to study these ex- experiences because They've taught me so much and consequently it's empowered my life greatly. And um, with love now, I always try to be more loving in a way that I wasn't before, if that makes sense. And um, and I know I've, you know, there's a few people in my life who've maybe kind of hurt me in some way. But I think having the benefit of studying near-death experiences, it's learned me to be forgiven. It's taught me to to be forgiven. And as a result, um, there's a situation with someone who really um, I haven't been getting on with so well. All of a sudden, I've been able to turn that around and I just feel this total unconditional love towards that person. And consequently, we get on fine now. And it's so much better from my perspective, but also from her perspective as well. So, you know, I think it's really um, empowered me in that way as well. And I don't perhaps hold the grudges that perhaps I would have done beforehand. But there are so many things that I've learned as a result of studying these experiences that, in fact, I've never felt happier, if that makes any sense. It feels like I'm living my life on purpose and it gives me great meaning in my life as well. So studying these experiences can have such a positive effect. And, you know, I would just love to share what I have learned so that other people can be equally um, influenced as well and, uh, you know, have those benefits in their life as well. Beautiful. 
You mentioned studying these stories and being around so many, but also the energy of, of being in the presence of, of those who have had near-death experiences shifts energetically when you're around. I, I appreciate <laughs> you talking about that. Kelly, what do you think is the most transformative power of the near-death experience from your perspective? There's a few. Um, one I would say, and I, I reference it in the book, is that to me, the biggest thing it taught me is that death is an illusion and death doesn't exist. And I even reference, you know, should we rename it the no-death experience um, in the respect that, yes, we die in the physical sense, but our consciousness exists outside the body. Um, so that's one aspect. The second, and to me, this is the most powerful um, and, and I, you know, I to me is that the love, whether whether you're religious or not, whether you call it God, source, universe, Timbuktu, it doesn't really matter what you call it, that this love is for every single one of us and everything on the planet. And that was the most, if I can, if anything, I, I and sometimes it's hard to express in words, but it's that love that is for everyone and everything. And I do believe that's, that is the the only thing we need to really understand from those ex- from the experience that this love and if we can um if that love that love is so there for each each and every one of us on the whole planet and um we we often get conflict with that you know through different religious beliefs or different different ideologies um and i just think if we can get that set stage where we can just respect each other's differences, but actually unite through that love, then I think we change the mm. Is that love universal in the stories that you've listened to? I know as a as a survivor of a near-death experience, or I, I like the no-death experience that, that's mentioned in the book too, that it, it appears that the the variety of experiences, there's so many varied experiences, really, and even how people recover memory, how we wake, how we come back. There's just, there's just this whole myriad of differences in the actual experience. And yet there's this, this love theme that is transformative. And it's like that reality, that experience, I've, I've heard you talk love, 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 love. And we call this universal life force energy god source whatever we want as love and some people can't get past the definitions of love um some people get in fact i just spoke at a a conference uh last month and someone said you're asking me to to go back into love and love doesn't mean a positive thing for me and so how how would you explain this love in a in a more universal sense Oh, how would I explain it in a more universal sense? You know what? I, you know, it's an interesting question, Julie, because I have a longing sometimes to go home to that love, even though I know it's part of me and it, mm-hmm. is, and it is me and it's each and every one of us and it's what we are all at a soul level and it's what we are embodied by. Um, but it's, yeah, to me, it's difficult to put in the human context because it is such yeah. beyond any human words that I could give it I'm yeah. it, to me it's complete freedom um and I, I dare I say 
human limitations, human fears. It's just uh, it's limitless, boundless. Um, I I feel yeah, I, your struggle. I totally feel your struggle because yes. this is the the whole experience of how to put this into language is yeah, you you just can't do that. It, and non non-judgmental well, one thing I would say is purely non-judgmental love. And what yeah. I mean by that is is you know, me, you know, many of us as children in, in whatever background we've come from, we are we are indoctrinated in many ways. In you know, you've done that wrong, and this, you've done this wrong, and that wrong, and you grow up with all these guilts and you know, low self-esteem or things that you feel aren't right about yourself and then you can often carry those guilt but then when you go on iClass go home you have that realization that there is no judgment yes you're your own judge your own soul's judge when you as, as penny mentioned when you have your life review but that's not you know from the higher source that's not judged there's just pure unconditional love uh, and so that's what i would say is that it's 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 that i guess they say parents are unconditional love but it's like that Times a million, trillion, billion. It's so hard. To, um, utopia. It's paradise. It's oh, I don't know. You could go yes. on. Yes, <laughs> yes. Language is not adequate, is it? We are yeah. going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk so much more about how we can really apply some of these lessons into a collective transformation on the planet. And there's so much more to talk about. One of your um, stories in the book called this love one seamless flow of love energy i love that one <laughs> seamless flow of love energy so we're going to take a quick break we are here today with penny satori and kelly walsh authors of the book the transformative power of near-death experiences we'll be right back Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation channel. I don't believe it. My savings are gone. They're gone. You're kidding. Nope, they're gone. They're gone, gone. Okay, all right. Think about it. Where did you have them last? I remember I was home, then I took them, and then I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Then I bought this miniature suit of armor I saw in the in-flight magazine. And that's the last you saw of your savings? Yes. This is so weird. I know, right? Weird? Uh, not really. Not saving now means no money later. You'd be surprised how quickly a little money from every paycheck can really add up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. The armor is cool, though. Oops. I think I broke its gauntlet. You broke my favorite part. 
This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. Hi, I'm Katie Couric. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities, but my most important role has been as a mother. I've worked hard to encourage my two girls to believe in themselves. Girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges. So join me as we empower the next generation. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. Today, I'm here with Dr. Penny Satori. You can find so much more about her work at Dr. Penny, that's D-R-P-E-N-N-Y, S-A-R-T-O-R-I dot com, drpennysatori.com, and Kelly Walsh, and you can find more about Kelly at Kelly Michelle Walsh, K-E-L-L-Y-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, W-A-L-S-H. And welcome back to the second half of the show. I am like really excited to hear what you both have to say about the transformative power when we look at near-death experiences we when we read that we often will see how transformative it it how transformative it is for the individuals and their life changes drastically usually with real positive effects but it can be real tumultuous and chaotic and and relationships end and jobs change and and so much happens for the individual but what we can do understanding and studying near death for our collective transformation is really exciting to me and and why I believe you've written this book but first let's talk about that penny from your perspective of studying all these near death experiences what are some of the individual transformative um stories that that you've heard 
Well, um, certainly for one is is Kelly. Um, when we had that Skype conversation, you know, I was really totally inspired by what she was doing because she'll tell you about it herself now. But, you know, she wasn't just procrastinating about what she was going to do. She'd already actioned it. She Kelly has spent her, all her energy and work and time doing what she believes is her life's purpose and I certainly believe it is as well and you know she doesn't get paid for anything that she does she does this all in her spare time and she has patented um, a cartoon character positivity princess she has um, designed logos she's got all of these things to inspire young children for a start and I think you know the message of what Kelly is doing is absolutely phenomenal and that was one of the reasons why I I've been so inspired and and why I was prepared to commit to writing this book with Kelly and um, and Kelly will tell you about what she's done but you know the thing that really did grab my attention was that she has got all of these ideas and it's not about her own personal gain because her ideas could make millions and millions of dollars and it's not for herself personally. What she wants to do with any money that's generated is to put it into this charity to help children globally on a global level. So it's all about um, creating profit for a purpose, as she says. So that was one of the things that totally inspired me was Kelly. And, um, you know, Kelly is is not the only person then who's had a near-death experience and who's also been inspired in a very profound way. So, for example, one person in the book that just springs to mind now is a lady called Gigi. And she had a near-death experience and it took her couple of years to come to terms with what it is that she had experienced and she really struggled with it for a long time and she went through lots of therapy as well but she's come through the other side now and she has a really deeper understanding of her experience and consequently she realized that there was no support group in the UK so what Gigi has done is set up NDE UK which is um, a website which is going to act like a hub and uh, have different meetings in London initially but her vision is to have regional meetings all around the UK so that people can have a safe place to go and be supported in understanding their near-death experience so you know we've got all of these different kinds of transfer transformations in people and it's all about empowering other people and um, that's what really totally inspires me by these experiences. Beautiful. Before I ask you Kelly I just want to pause there Penny and, and kind of put an exclamation point. It appears that many that have experienced the near death come back with a greater vision for the whole of really Mm -hmm. going into service for something greater than themselves. Yeah, that's right. Because all of a sudden they're they're not center of their own little world. They can see themselves as part of this interconnected whole. And they can see that how our actions impact not only on other people, but also on the planet as well. And so they become more ecologically aware as well. And so it's all about how we look after our beautiful planet as well as looking after each other. So there's a big change in their perspective on where their place is within the world. Beautiful. 
Okay, so before we go to the collective, Kelly, I'd love to hear more about the transformation with you. And you went from a suicide attempt to really looking at the children globally and creating a, a beautiful, beautiful service or potential service for yes. for children all over. Tell us a little bit about your transformation. Um, I wouldn't say it was an instant instantaneous transformation. It's been, I'd say, since the experience, it's been um, a, tr- a, a, a process of transformation. Um, and as you've read in the book, I've had many ex- more experiences since the experience, um, more spiritual experiences. But yeah, I um, I went on a personal development training course and we got chatting about how much negativity there is in the world and the impact it'll have on children if things don't change. And in that instance, my sort of near-death experience came flooding back and I, I knew in that moment I was here to do something for children. Um, and I, since then, there's been lots going on behind the scenes, but I've developed a character positive princess from Planet Positavia. And she's come down from uh, Positavia to awaken children's positivity powers and to create create a more loving, caring, sharing world. But they're coming under influence from negativity, which is seven galaxies the other direction, real by Empress Greedo and Eve Lego, and the negeds and the energy vampires. So it's it's. Uh, I've had a little pilot done and I'm now working with a writer. And um, yeah, the big dream is that one day we'll, um, I will get signed up um, for my animation series and uh, the royalties from um, from the merchandise, etc., will be used to go back into feeding, watering, educating children. So, um, but whilst that's underway, I've I've also set up the foundation, and um, there's there's fundraising activities going on behind the scenes for that as well. So it's all in its infancy, and I'm I'm, I'm taking steps day by day, I'm uh, and just trusting that that one day the full vision will come true. Beautiful. Kelly, the thing I really appreciate about what you're bringing to the world is not only um, the the proceeds going into the foundation to serve children in need, but the actual products that you're creating with book, potential movie, cartoon character, the the branding, everything that you've created is really helping to tell a story to evolve the consciousness of the children. Yeah, completely. And, 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 you know, and I know you touched on it earlier, Julie, but with me, um, the strongest thing that I feel in my heart and soul is that, um, you, you know, you asked before about love. And to me, it's, that, it's, it's the universal. That's the message to me. You, you know, it doesn't. And I, I know I harp on about it, but whether you whether you're from for children, you know, wherever they are in the world to come together and unite in friendship, you know, to me it's really simple I think we overcomplicate it and I go back to my experience and it was like wow this love is so powerful so uh so for everyone and everything and it's just like how can we get that how can we you know we still have um one of the stories in the book is you know Jessica it's such a powerful story Jessica um, Harper, who featured in the book, uh, the lady who who was male and served in the Iraq War, and then had um, the um, a near death experience and knew that he was in the wrong body, and obviously is now transitioned to to female to female, and the love that he or she then experienced during a near death experience, and I thought, you know, if you look what's going on, not just in the U- U.S. but in the U.K. and other parts of the country, we still got this in many. Um, organizations this limited thinking mindset regarding sexuality and it's like it's just so oh and you think 
why can't people just understand and see that it doesn't matter? Because this is just, these are just our, the to me, our body's just our vehicle to our soul and, you know, creator, God, source, universe, whatever you call it. It just loves us, like, beyond measure, all of us. Mm. And that's through the character. That's what I hope to um, to to um, unite children uh, so they grow up with that mindset. So. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, good for you. That, that is an incredible story. And I love how you have inspired Penny. That is so touching. Penny, I think um, I would love for you to talk. I, I have a kind of a, I don't know if you've ever been asked this question before, but I'm curious. Um, about the spiritual transformative experiences, you know, we are waking all around the planet and many people haven't had near-death experiences, but will have these different spiritual transformative experiences and wake to this consciousness. I'm wondering if um, you've noticed or if the research shows that near-death experiences open one to continued transformative experiences throughout their life. Oh, yeah. Well, I can talk about that a little bit from personal experience because uh, the whole thing of me studying near-death experiences has been spiritually transforming for me. So certainly before I started my research, I was um, very much an atheist and I was very much um, not really that open to these experiences. I was quite sceptical and I thought at the end of it I'd had have some really good answers. Um, but what my research has actually shown me is, is completely changed and transformed my life as well and um, in fact uh, Professor Kenneth Ring who did a lot of study in, um, and research in the 1980s and is uh, still still continues. Uh, he's come back into research in near-death experiences recently. And what he found with his work was that when he taught a course at the University of Connecticut on near-death experiences, he noticed that his students were starting to change very much in the way as people who've had a near-death experience simply through studying them. And um, I, I've... I, teach a course myself at uh, Swansea University and I've started to notice those changes in my students as well so and you know I've, I've said to the students is it just because you're studying now for a degree and that you're changing you know your perspectives but they've said no it's the content of the module itself and learning about near-death experiences has opened their eyes in a way and it's empowered their lives so I think you know these experiences can really impact on people who are able to engage with them as well and it's almost as if we are definitely Wake, uh, awakening as a species and we're seeing this on the individual level with people who are having the near-death experience or the spontaneous spiritually transformative experience but we're also seeing now more and more people are beginning to engage with near-death experiences and so I've noticed a massive change in attitude since I first started talking and um, studying the near-death experience so back in about 1994 when I first became interested 
I found it really hard to find someone who would share their near-death experience with me. And then gradually through word of mouth and through my hospital research, I got more and more people who were willing to share the experience. And then as I came to the end of my studying, there was a, a newspaper article published. And immediately I had about 600 emails from people who wanted to share the experience. And again, now in 2014, when my other book came out, you know, I've still got over 14,300 emails. So what we're seeing is that people are becoming more willing to share the experience, but also people are becoming more receptive to what these experiences are. And I think there's less kind of flippant dismissal of them. And people are generally and genuinely curious about them and people want to learn more and I think the more that we learn about these experiences the more that we educate people the more people are likely to become engaged and there's that potential for their own spiritual transformation as well. Beautiful. So besides the spiritual transformation, let's talk about our world. And I love, Kelly, your words that like-minded souls will collaborate to change the world. And I'm witnessing that. Um, I'm with lots of like-minded souls now whose sole purpose is to raise awareness, raise consciousness, talk about the evolution of what's happening with our systems and, and be a part of that change. So when you when you talk about this, transformative power. What are each of your visions? I'd love for each of you to answer this, of your vision of a future. Not only, you know, I'm thinking about the ramifications for medicine and healthcare and and how this can change a lot. But I know that that literally like-minded souls will collaborate to change every system on the planet, every, <laughs> every, every, every one of them. So what's your vision for the future and for our collective transformation? Wow. What a question, Julie. Need time to sit on that one. Oh, wow. What's our, um, well, my, sorry, go on, Penny, you go. go on. Well, my, my kind of view on things is the way that things currently are at the moment. It's like everything is built up to this big peak. So we're getting big changes in all of our systems. They're all beginning to collapse as we know them. So our education system, our health system, politics, everything seems to be coming to that peak point. And I think we're at that point where we can either destroy ourselves or we can learn from the mistakes that we've been making and transform into something great. And I think we're at such a point in that that re it's a reality now where we, we could really do a great deal of damage to our planet and to ourselves as a species. And if there was some great calamity, I think the people who would survive would be able to reflect back and see our mistakes. But let's not wait for it to get to that point let's let's wake up now let's see these things and let's look and and see what we can do and rather about it all being for short-term gain you know the look at the native american indian tribes they used to make base their decisions based on how would it would affect generations seven generations in the future why can't we have that foresight now and you look at the wisdom that these ancient tribes had all those years ago we've we've lost touch with that and I think it's time to go back to that wisdom and to reincorporate that and instead of being short-term gain about making lots of profit and things like that it should all be for the greater good of humankind and our continued evolution. Mm. 
Amen, Penny. That was beautiful. And I, I really, I, I'm right with you on that. And what a beautiful vision that is. And it seems that every system that has been built on this illusion of separation, like we've talked about, is not sustainable anymore. And so as more and more transformative experiences happen where people are sensing their interconnectivity with all things, all life, all whatever, all of our systems are are being reborn and being recreated from that new level of consciousness. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Okay, Kelly, we gave you a little bit of time. Do you want to add yeah, anything to that? Mine's a really simple answer when I, uh, you know, when I say world not united, a wo- sorry, a world not divided, a world united. And, you know, in whatever context we refer to home, heaven, etc. But that, that perception of bringing it down to the earth plane, creating heaven on earth, because I do believe that's what we're, we're working towards. And I believe as the evolution continues, um, as we, we often see, we talk about heaven or home being as, in a separate, separate realm. I think that's what we're working towards, creating heaven on earth. Beautiful. Thank you both. So uh, another question that I know our listeners will really appreciate because I get this question often is, so what do you tell those listening who have not had a near-death experience but want to really, you know, you can't invite this transformative experience. It seems like it's this serendipity that that happens, this spontaneous um transformative experience but what would you tell those who are seeking this level of wisdom this expansive consciousness what would you what would you tell them what can they do to help themselves besides reading your book um i would say go out and meet people who've had these experiences go and chat with them and learn from them because you know these people have really been there and they've got so much to share with us all so you know go out and meet the people who've had the experiences and uh, and also for me you know it was meeting people but also reading a lot about these experiences as well but i think ultimately it, it was you know speaking to so many people who've had this experience Beautiful. How about you, Kelly? Try if you can to see and feel through loving eyes. Mm. Now that's simple and elegant. I love that. Thank you. You know, the non-judgment piece that you both speak of is so important that when we see that we're all connected, it's not that we have to be the same. It's not about us unifying as, as in giving up something that our individuality, our personality, our, our personal expression, but it really is about not judging others in that expression. And that's a beautiful prescription for all of us, seeing through those loving eyes. Hmm. Yeah. Not always yeah. easy, you know. It's, it's not always as easy in practice in our, in our human form, but it, if we can work towards it, and that's I think that's a, the power of transformation. It's we're always working towards it, and I think it's that awareness, isn't it? So long as we're aware, we can we can try our best. Beautiful. So what what may have surprised you about this book? Just to bring us back to this book and, and remind our listeners that the, the transformative power of near-death experiences is an amazing book filled with different experiences of, of people. And wow. And then, Penny, you, you have a little bit of a um, 
comments on each of the stories and, and such beauty and wisdom and light just weaves through all of these pages. What has surprised you about the book or since the book has been released? Any surprises? Any Anything you want to say about the book? Oh, gosh, I think the biggest um, surprise was... Um, um, engaging with Neil Donald Walsh and uh, you know we'd approached him to do um, the afterword for the book and he really engaged with the message of what the book was saying as well and he very kindly offered um, his own chapter as well and we just thought what what a wonderful gift that was as well so I think that was the biggest surprise it was about a year ago now and Kelly phoned me up and told me the good news <laughs> and, and I, was, I just nearly fell off my chair I couldn't believe it you know and Kelly was in tears about it it was just incredible so I think yeah. that was a lovely surprise I think so because Julie that's the book that came into my life when I was in the hospital I never heard of conversations with God so for Neil to feature in it eight years later uh, it was just quite profound in many ways and the second thing on a personal level was um Back in January, February, March of 2016, I had a bit of a dark night of the soul following my dad's transition. And um, I was sort of giving up really on, on the book, to, to be quite honest, and was sort of saying, I'm not doing this work. And then a sequence of events happened and I got a puppy for Christmas to help me with my healing. And uh, she happened to be born on the anniversary of my near-death experience. And the day that I'm... Me and Penny, I spoke to Penny and said, come on then, let, let's get on with the book proposal. And that day I turned on my laptop and Coco ran across the keyboard on my laptop and a website appeared and froze on my laptop and said God's new message to the world. And if that wasn't a big thumbs up from uh, from creator universe, etc., to uh, to me, and that's what the message of the book represents, um, mm. that love that is... Um, God's infinite love for humanity and the human race and the earth and the planet and everything in between. Beautiful. Okay, so we just have a few more minutes left, and I really want to make sure you have a message to those out there that maybe have experienced a near-death experience and have not talked about it. They're alone, and and I know from my personal experience, it's something that makes you feel different than those around you, and you can't explain the, there's just no language like we talked about. So what would you like to say to those out there that may have experienced this and they haven't talked or shared with others? I would say um, seek out um, some local support groups. You know, in America, there are uh, lots of support groups with the International Association of Near-Death Studies with IANS. And of course, in the UK, we've got NDE UK now. So have a look for what support is available and seek out like-minded people who will be able to understand you, hear you, listen to you and support you through what you're going through. A lot of people feel that they'll be judged or they'll be laughed at or they'll be considered crazy and they're not, not at all. And so there are plenty of people out there now who are aware of these experiences and should be able to support you through it. Yeah, I'd, I'd reiterate what Penny says. And, and if you do perhaps speak to someone who, who who reacts badly, don't let that put you off. And as Penny said, you know, you know, by all means, reach out to myself, reach out to Penny or, or, as Penny said, find a support group in your local area. But you're not alone. There's many of us around the planet and I think there's many more uh, to come to the surface. I think the reason we're having these experiences is, as you said, Julie, to, to 
to deliver these messages to the world. That's why so many people are having them. It's the only way of getting the message through. Yeah. So I, I just want to mention that all the proceeds from this book goes to your foundation, Kelly. How can they find out more about your work with uh, the children? With the children. Um, you can either find out via my own website. There is a, a section on kellymichellewalsh.com under foundation, or they can go to www.positivitypowermovement.com, uh, which is fueling the activity of the Love Kershaw Foundation. So um, they can read all about it on there. Beautiful. Well, thank you both for joining me here today. I really appreciate your wisdom, your stories, and what you're bringing with this book to all of our consciousness. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to leave our listeners with a quote from your book. This is from Krista Gorman, and it's beautiful. So here we go. I have so much appreciation for being given the opportunity to re-experience myself as the divine being I am in this body. And that grows every day. My purpose for returning is simply to love to the best of my ability, without conditions or judgment in all aspects of my life. Choosing to love more is how we can heal and create a more loving world. Beautiful words from the transformative power of near-death experiences. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you for tuning in today. And remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.